Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Do you or someone you love obsess over the Habs and they aren't even a fan of the team? Is your social media filled with old jokes and pathetic attempts at trolling? Then you have HOD, Habs Obsessive Disorder. From the makers of Bergie Arms comes 3 to 1. 3 to 1 is specially formulated to cause a temporary choking sensation, which will remind you that your team hasn't won a playoff series since the invention of HD television. Side effects may include a desire to shave your head and grow a goatee, a lack of fashion sense, an uncontrollable urge to say, but Tavares was hurt, pretending every head coach this century doesn't call your team soft, an uncontrollable urge to choke in the playoffs, and a realization that your ability to have an inferiority complex while simultaneously being obnoxious while never winning is why you're found undesirable. Ask your doctor if three to one is right for you. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 249. I'm your host, Blaine Puttai. I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good morning. Uh, Treg Wilson wishes he could be here, but he is preparing for his move to Ottawa. Uh, He has a course and he has very few days left with his family. So he's got a ton of work to do in his yard. So he wishes he could be here, but he wants to pass on to everyone. Hello and no, I will not wear a shirt in my pictures. He said that because I keep asking him to, you know, put some damn clothes on. Yeah, those days are over. He's just driving around. He's just driving around Halifax with his new truck right now. No shirt. Yep. Yeah. He's on his way to go buy some truck nuts for his new Dodger. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Very nice truck, though. It is a nice truck. Black (laughs) rims, the whole nine yards. Yeah. He did a good job. (laughs) He'd get a lift kit, but then he would need stairs to get in. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. We just want to say also thank you to our partners at Boxing Rock Brewing, makers of Puck Off Beer. Uh, They have been kind enough to support us by giving us beer to give away to you, our listeners. Uh, I'll be in the Halifax area over the next week providing Habs fans a case of beer. So keep an eye out for some strange, random sailor with a beard running up to you with a case of beer yelling, take this, take this. Is that only available? Is that only available in Halifax? Uh, Nova Scotia. I, I could use that right now. Well, I mean, if, if you fly out here, I can give you 27 cases. It might be dangerous. <laughs> Especially since I'm leaving soon myself. Yeah. <laughs> might be dangerous (laughs) well you need that one last hurrah before you go off to war yeah pretty much (laughs) it might be an it might be an idea (laughs) (laughs) all right well moving on to what people are here for um also before we start i want to mention that uh it is the 105th anniversary of the battle of vimy ridge uh that is the battle that uh, gave birth to Canada's national pride. Uh, it was a massive battle. That was the first time that the Canadians had fought together as an entire army under Canadian command in our nation's history. And this was uh, a key battle in World War I that turned the tides and definitely led to uh, the eventual victory for the Allies. So take a moment, 
to research this, look it up, uh, think about the veterans that have come before us. Just uh, keep that in mind. So on to hockey. Injury report. So uh, before last night, <clears throat> uh, Barron and Byron were day-to-day with their injuries. Uh, Drew Lang, last night it was reported he is now out for the remainder of the season with wrist surgery, which was successfully completed on Friday. And Jake Allen last night, during the, uh, the first goal by Austin Matthews early in the game, looked to hurt his groin or his glute because he came up limping he needed help getting to the room it did not look good it looked like it kind of looked like a groin injury and he's had he's had he's had those kind of injuries throughout the year it's very unfortunate but you get a guy that's in there and like i know we're going to get into the new jersey game really quick but in the, even in that game he let up 37 there's 37 shots against in that game and um i think eric angles put up a stat something uh you know north of 400 shots in the 10 games that he's played yeah 415 or 420 something like that yeah and it's it's that's insane right and like i know that right now the canadians are kind of in a retool rebuild that you know they moved out some pieces um you know they got some injuries they've got some of the youth playing etc but uh you know no goalie should see that many shots and uh, i think it was just a matter of time where you know, you can ride Allen all you want, but, you know, he's playing for pride at this point, as is the team. So you just hope that he's going to be all right. The way that he, the way that he was kind of limping though, not, not looking good. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they shut him down for the year and maybe he came back the last week of the season or something. Um, he's done everything he can for this team. He's, and then uh, some. yeah, he's been, um, they've called upon him a lot throughout the year when he's, when he's been healthy. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have been saying, you know, let's trade him. Let's get rid of him. Let's do this. He provides what they need. And when Carey Price comes back, they're going to need somebody that can do that, not somebody that you're questioning every time is in the net, right? So some people are saying, well, put Primo in there. He's the future. Or put Matumbo in there. What do you got to lose? Well, the game, for instance. Uh, um, Primo's development. Right. Primo's development, et cetera. Like, we've seen flashes of uh, of brilliance, really, from, from Primo. He's played some phenomenal games. Matumbo has played some solid games as well. But the consistency is just not there. And with Primo, it, it really – it really falls down to the development. We've seen him get light, lit up a, a few times. And, uh, you know, we had that uh, uh, when Josh Anderson skated up to him that one game when he when he had, he a, when he had the Colorado. rough period. Yeah, when he had the rough period. And he, uh, you know, I, showed, I, I think that showed a lot of leadership for Josh Anderson. But um, he's never really recovered from that. And, and he's, had, he's had the rough games and everything. So there's no... There's no sense of rushing him, but chances are he's going to get a call up. And luckily, Kevin Pelas playing really well for uh, for uh, for um, Laval right now. So I don't know if they're going to do a call up here. Uh, it's um, it's we'll it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard. To, it's hard to say. Um, they haven't done it yet, so obviously that's going to turn to you know you know who coming back. So yeah, well, and I want to get into that in a minute. But before yeah. we move on from Allen. Uh, Alan did speak to Eric Engels, friend of the show, and uh, mentioned that with all the injuries he suffered this year, it's been a hell of a, a hellish season. It's just been bad luck after bad luck. And uh, to piggyback on what you were saying earlier, I, Alan provides stability in net. Absolutely. And with a team that wants to compete or at least be competitive in games uh, under St. Louis and Hughes, having stability in net is a massive, massive plus. I mean, you mentioned Montembeau has had a few good games, but he's also had some, he's also been lit up. He gives up a bad goal every now and then. And I mean, it's not to crap on Montembeau. He's playing above his station. They're expecting more from him than what he could possibly provide. I mean, he's a, uh, he's an AHL starter. He's a fringe NHL backup. Fringe NHL backup. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, 
considering that, I think he's done extremely well. Um, but for the remainder of this season, um, it, uh, with, if Allen's out and only Montembeau, there's only two choices left. And we're going to get to that in a moment. But first, we're going to talk about Brooke. Yeah. You wanted to bring up Josh Brooke? Yeah. Let's talk about him. So Josh Brooke, you know, final year of his uh, contract, a guy that was um, selected in the second round, 2017, uh, you know, big years in Moose Jaw where he put up 75 points in the year, went into Laval, and it's just been uh, injury plagued for this fella. And uh, kind of feel bad for him because he did have a lot of promise, and, you know, he still does. I just think he needs to find his game again, and uh, it was reported that uh, a few days ago that he was – you know, back from injury after playing six games for Laval, you know, not playing his best hockey. And, and you've got a team right now that's uh, pushing for a, for a good playoff spot and really trying to gel as a team before, uh, before the playoffs. And they're playing some good hockey right now. Uh, they sent him down to Trois-Rivières. He's played two games with them so far, scored in his first game. And uh, I'm hoping that's all he needs. I'm just hoping that he needs to find his confidence and, uh, that maybe we'll see him back. Um, wouldn't surprise me if they if they brought him back for maybe a one year deal. However, it wouldn't surprise me as well if they just brought him back on an AHL only deal. Yeah, uh, the word is that he is staying with Tuativyad for the rest of the season. Now Tuativyad themselves are in a playoff push, yep. so he would definitely help there. Uh, as for him returning next season, I mean he's an RFA at the end of this year. Uh, I fully expect him to be re-signed. The Canadians' right-handed defenseman depth is not very good, especially at the AHL level. <clears throat> so signing him to a one- or two-year deal so that he can continue his development in Laval, I think, will occur. Yeah. He, he had so much promise. The potential on this kid was that he was going to be a second-pairing defenseman. Yeah. Uh, and he plays the type of hockey that Hughes and Gorton want from the Canadians. So yeah. I, I see him fitting in uh, to the plans, whether or not he can graduate. That's a whole other story. But at the very least, uh, they'll be able to have a team that plays the style that they want at both the AHL and NHL levels. And he fits into there. So right. at the very least, he provides a power play option in Laval. I think kind of what happened with him is uh... – Injuries. When, when injuries happen to him and injuries happen to the team, they were like, well, you've got some, you know, offensive upside. We'll put you on the wing on the third line or the fourth line yeah. and that kind of stuff. And the consistency just wasn't there. And it, yeah, it's that was last it, season under um, uh, the old regime. Yeah. But it was, yeah. it's just, it's just unfortunate. Um, yep. Guys got a lot of promises. We say, hopefully he can find his game in Trois-Rivières and, um, it, it, it bounce back. If not, it's, it's, you know, we see this all the time, but you don't want to see it happen with, uh, you know, you never like, you never want to see it happen with a, with a prospect that, Especially that, a that, your, that, your, yeah, that your team drafted. Right. So. Um, now moving on from Brooke, we're going to go back to the goaltending issue yep. uh, with Allen possibly out the remainder of the season, leaving Montampo alone. Uh, we, you mentioned possibly calling a primo, but according to Mark Dumont, uh, of the Montreal Canadiens uh, during the pregame Twitch meet, uh, meet and greet with the fans on Saturday night prior to the Maple Leafs game. He mentioned that the expectation of the team is to see Carey Price in uniform Monday night against Winnipeg at home. So they wouldn't need to recall Primo. Yeah. However, they would need to create a little bit more cap space Bringing him in under the cap, that's $10.5 They don't have quite that much. Uh, they'll have to send back a couple of players. Uh, so it's very likely that Yelonen and Schooneman could be sent down as they're both capable of being sent down. And the cap hits from their two contracts would be enough to fit them. Also, they would provide Laval an amazing boost in skill oh, and talent. Oh, very much, very much so. Um, right now, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, we're looking at the week. We're looking at the week ahead. Um, they'd be playing the Jets on Monday. 
followed by the Blue Jackets on the road on Wednesday. The Islanders on Friday and then the Caps on Saturday. And yeah, a back so to there's, back, yeah. there's six games left total in the season. Uh, and Price, if he does return uh, and he is healthy, it wouldn't be wouldn't be odd to see him play at least three games he would definitely not play the back-to-back so no there's that um i would see him playing more of the home games just because you know fans want to see him and cheer him on and uh, like some people were saying that he was going to play last night and i'm mm -hmm. like no they're not going to play it wasn't even again like oh it's a montreal toronto and everything and and i'm like they're not going to put him up in a game on the road for his first game. No, it's no, going to 100% not against be a team like Toronto. It was, even if it was Toronto, the, even if it was against Toronto, they, it would have been a home game. Yeah. Right. Cause they and, know with, with a lost season, the fans want something to cheer for. And that is yeah. definitely a big plus to cheer yeah. for. Yeah. But we saw him in Toronto with the team um, at the Blue Jays game. He was there with uh, with Caulfield, Suzuki, Gallagher, Petrie, Evans. So a bunch of them uh, went to the home opener. So uh, that was that was nice to see. And uh, I know I know some different fans that were able to uh, to run into some of these guys and get pictures with them. And yeah, yeah. So huh, I truly hope that Price does walk, uh, step into the game on on Monday night. Uh, that would be so great. That would it would make it a must watch game. Absolutely. If, if not, he, if not, we're not seeing him till at least Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Now I know a lot of people want him traded or gone. Don't hold your breath on that. Uh, again, no. Hughes has said that he wants his team to be competitive. So unless price wants to leave, I would say that he is going to be a Montreal Canadian next season. So playing a few I think, games I now, so too. playing a few games now before the end of the season does at least uh, assuage some fears to his health. Yes, yes. And if he does want to leave, he chooses to. He says, "Hey, uh, you know," quietly says, "Hey, trade me." Uh, playing these games would make it possible to make a trade because GMs will say, oh, "Okay, he's back." Yeah. I I don't want to see what the return would be on that trade. No, I don't think no, it's no. going to be very good. But well, um, like uh, you got you've got a, a a phenomenal number one goaltender who. Has, has you know so many records and has, has played so well at the international level and uh, has really <clears throat> excuse me been the uh, been the glue that's kept the scheme together for many years. Um, he's not a guy that you can just kind of cast aside, but um, noticing some of the fan base is doing so and saying, "Oh well, it's you know time for Primo or we've got this guy in the system or we, they've got." Okay, I'm going to be very blunt. The Montreal Canadiens have no goaltenders in the system that can jump up and take over for Carey Price right now. No. They do not. No. They've got some very good um, organizational depth that are in development. And with this, uh, with this new regime, I think that they're going to be developed properly. However, it's not like you have a 1A, 1B situation where you can say, okay, you've usurped your 1A and now you're going to move up. No, this is a case where the Canadians have Jake Allen. So he could be yeah. a starter for them. He could. In a season where they're not trying to be a contender of any kind. Yeah. Like he could, if they put together the right team with Allen and Ned, they could maybe compete enough where they're close to a playoff spot. Agreed. So if you want to trade price, sure, go ahead. But someone needs to back up Allen. That's right. And it's not going to be primo because he needs more time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, moving on from there, the game against New Jersey on Thursday, uh, the Canadians put up a touchdown. I mean, I, I didn't have Hab score seven on my bingo card this season. No. So, and there it was. So this was uh, Andrew Hammond's um, first game against his old team, uh, the team that traded him to a NHL franchise. So, he'd be able to get some games in and everything like that. And so far it has not worked out. Um, it has not worked out very well in New Jersey for, um, 
for for Hammond. Uh, unfortunately, um, he came in. He he played some uh, some fantastic games with the Canadians. Kept them in so kept them in these games. Um, but he's let up, I believe, thirteen goals. Thirteen goals in the two games that he's played for uh, for New Jersey, and uh, including one where uh, I think New Jersey was up, you know, by five goals or something like that, and Florida came back and beat them. Um, that's Florida, though. They're the highest Florida, scoring team Florida, in the league. Exactly, but um, you, you hope that uh, you hope that he can turn it around. And, and then maybe you can get a job uh, next season or, or something, but uh, yeah. you know, back to the game. Um, it was uh, not a pretty game on, e- <laughs> on either side, on either no, side, of the, on, right. On either side of the ice. Um, the, the players that you expected to come out and play hard came out and played hard. Um, you know, Caulfield scored, mm-hmm. Suzuki scored. Clegg scored. Clegg scored. Yeah, got a goal and two assists. Yeah, superstar. You know the super the the superstar of Clegg. Yeah, Weidman. Um, yeah, Weidman had a Weidman had a big game. Dvorak had a three point game. Um, Jake Allen again made thirty three (laughs) saves. Yeah, yeah, he faced a ton of shots. A lot of them were blocked too. There's a lot of blocked shots there, so it's not just the shots that made it in. He has to adjust and move to the shots as they're coming. So they had something like 95 shot attempts. So that's 95 times that Allen had to move and set for a shot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. But, um, you know, overall the game, I said, it was a very, uh, very loose defensive game. Not one that, yeah, not one that the coach (laughs) should, would be, let's just say proud of. Um, There's just a lot of quick counter strike goals. You know, we score on one end, you score on the other. Um, it happened, it happened, uh, often in this one, um, you know, Evans, Evans scored the two, nothing goal 30 seconds later, Tatar puts one in, um, AJ Greer scores, Armia scores a minute and 20 later, uh, Weidman and Dvorak score 15 seconds apart, setting each other up. So that was, uh, so that was, that was nice to see. Yeah, uh, we had uh, Weidman from Clegg and Dvorak, followed by Dvorak from Weidman and Clegg. So good on that. Um, and I thought it was one of Weidman's best games of the year and one of Dvorak's best games of the year. Yeah, and both those and, goals come off faceoff wins. Yes, and then soon after that, you know, twenty-five seconds later, or so Ty Smith scores, and uh, you know <laughs> that was in, a weak goal. Yeah, Alan would want that it one back and gets into it a little bit with his buddy uh, Gallagher after the whistle. And yep, yeah. PK and Gallagher were going at it. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. I, overall, I said it's not one of those games that you want to see all the time. Um, they came out in the right on the right side of it. They picked up the win. Um, shout out to Jake Evans. Uh, won seventy percent of his faceoffs that night. Uh, it was fourteen and six. Um, and as I said, like Suzuki had a had a strong game. As did Dvorak. As did Weidman. Hopefully Armia can continue playing like that just so possibly <laughs> his trade value can somehow possibly go well, up. <laughs> Ar- Armia is the, uh, the Alex Kovalev of bottom sixers. Yeah. He'll play one amazing game and then disappear for four. Yeah. Unfortunately. That, that's been, that's been his MO this season, yeah. which is unfortunate. Well, his contract really led to, Lekin and being moved out. Yes. Right. Yep. And, 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 you know, they got a good return for him. I think Barron's going to do good things for the team moving forward. And, uh, you know, obviously a draft pick's nice if you use it properly. True. But there's several years before that comes, ar- That's comes right. around. That's right. Um, yeah. So definitely if Armia had not been re-signed by Mark Bergevin, I would say it's almost 100% likely that, Armia, uh, that uh, Lekin would still be a Montreal Canadian. But that's revisionist history, that's right. and this is what it is. Uh, I wish Lekin in the best of luck with Colorado. Yep. You know, maybe they win a cup. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, we can see it here in Halifax when Nate brings it home. <laughs> it's possible. Um, now, moving on to the hockey night in Toronto. I mean, 
Hockey Night in Canada game. Oh, you, you know, night. you hit that right on the head. That's exactly what that was. Yeah. And it's not because of uh, the Canadians' loss. No, no. The no. whole day was basically the so-called national broadcast filleting Matthews all day long. Yeah. It was, frust- it. It, it was frustrating to watch. And, like, yes, I know that this is a Canadians-based show. And, you know, we're, we're rough on the Leafs every now and then we're, we're, you know, we're rough on the Sens every now and then, but we don't go out of our way to do so. Um, when you have, when you watch a national broadcast with two Canadian teams playing two original six teams playing and for instance, Caulfield's goal, the f- first thing that they did was show the bench and show Austin Matthews reaction followed by Marner's reaction followed by Canadians celebrating the goal. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's yeah. over the top. And, and, it and there's, there's two teams out there. Both teams have great talent on them. Yes. I know one team's going to the playoffs. One team isn't, but even if it was, even if both teams were going to the playoffs, this wouldn't change. And yes, I know you need to appease your big crowds in Toronto and, ignoring the fact that Montreal's fan base across the country is slightly larger than Toronto's, not to mention all the other fan bases across the country. There's, there's seven Canadian teams. Uh, Calgary was playing that night. Uh, That was the later game, mind you. Um, Who who else was playing around that time? The senators were playing the Rangers at the exact same time. Didn't even hear hear a thing. Not a thing. I didn't even know they were playing until I looked up the whole list. Didn't hear a thing. so the whole day was just Matthews 50 and 50, 50 and 50. Yeah. Ignoring the fact that this is not 50 and 50. Yeah. The, so, the so if you cherry pick, like, I don't, I don't They're really like that. You know, good. You know what? I'm not going to throw Matthews under the bus. He's no, a he's very, very he's a very good player. The puck seems to be just attached to him this season. Um, well, we saw last night with the, with the, with the goals that he scored, um, one, he was nowhere real near the play and he's like, I'm just going to skate in and it's going to find me. And it did. Yeah. He, he tends to, to sneak in after everybody else has done the hard work and just pick it up and snipe one. Right. And then, and then the first goal and the first shot on Montembeau, which I just, that's, that's some really good offensive instincts as well. Right. Right. So I'm not going to throw the guy under the bus. He's a really good player. He's going to do some really good things in the league. However, do you really need to have a a moment where you stop the game to show his um to to show his his goal that he uh, that he passed the they they passed Rick Vave for like during the game? Can't can't you well, do that? Can't you do that during the pregame? You could. You could. Um... It, that is a big deal. He's breaking a franchise record. That's right, like it's, but like, I was like, do you really need to show that? And they did show a, a little montage in the first uh, uh, commercial intermission. Yeah. And he got a little bit of a cheer, but not even a standing ovation from his no. hometown crowd. Yeah. He, he, you just broke Rick Vives' 40 year old record. And it's because most of the people over. that are sitting in that fucking uh, um, arena don't know who Rick Five is because they don't okay. know, they don't know anything about the team other than, when Matthews and Marner showed up on the team. Because the sad thing is the real Toronto Maple Leaf fans, the, the hardcore, the, the rabid fans can't afford to go to these games. It's all corporate seats. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If the, if the, the standard rabid Toronto Maple Leaf fans were there, this, that place would have been, the roof would have blown off the top exactly. when they showed they've that. got, they've got some great fans. Right. Just yeah. like, just, just like the Canadians do, just like the Sens do, just like the Jets do anything the like that. Issue, the issue here is not, you know, people hate Matthews. It's that's not it. The issue is he has shoved down everyone's throats to the point where people are just fed up and seeing it. It's, yeah. it's yeah. too much. It is. And it makes it, it very, it really makes, it makes it hard to watch the games because you know, exactly during a commercial break, as soon as they come back or, um during um you know just an icing or something they they, they're like oh well did you see that stick check by this i'm like do you do we really need to see this well they're trying to pump his tires for selkie he is not a selkie player he's not he's not and if you watch the uh the highlights of montreal's goals especially the caulfield one it's not just his reaction in the in the actual highlight package 
they show Matthew's shift before the goal, almost yeah. in its entirety. Then they quickly show the goal and then yeah. his reaction. Like it's, yeah. it is disgusting how he's pushed down people's throats when he's not even the best player on his team. It's Marner. Mm-hmm. Marner is the best player on that team. Marner is the one that stirs the drink there. And he's barely talked about. Yeah. But to the game, despite the fact that they're, you know, so, so automatic the, Stanley Cup champs. So to the game, Austin Matthews <laughs> scored two, two goals. No. <laughs> Sorry, the, the Gary Galley of me came out there for a second. Oh, oh my God, Gary Galley. <laughs> Moving on from that. This is a, the the Leafs came into this uh, hoping to get the win and they wanted to make a statement win to show the league that they're ready. And I honestly don't believe they did. Like they won the game. They won the game. Yes. They won off a lucky bounce off a John Tavares shot. Yes. That went off Jordan Harris. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Harris played his man properly at the side of the net, but it was just one of those things where Tavares did a quick spin around. It went off his foot in it. So they won that game on that. Yes, they had possession for about 66% of the game, yeah. but the, the da- their high danger chances were, were not quite as high as you would expect. They're coming yeah. from the outside. I mean, they put together a Nylander highlight reel after the game, and all of the shots were from the point or from the boards. Yeah. You're not going to score there. No. I felt, the, uh, I felt the Canadians, when they finally started to get a little bit of momentum, yeah. Um, that's when the ref stepped in and said, well, we can't have that. Well, and there, yeah, was, the, there uh, was, there was some really, there was some really bad calls last night. Um, yeah. I, I, I'd like to say it's on both sides. Um, but the, the only one, the only Evans, one that I really don't like was the Petrie call. He got two minutes for hitting a guy with a clean yes. check. Yeah. I didn't like that one. I didn't like that one. I know we're going to get into, uh, to Bunting and Weidman as well. I wasn't really a fan of that one. Yeah. We'll get to um, that in a minute. But um, I didn't like uh, I didn't like Pizzetta's either. Pizzetta just kind of, you know, kind of rubbed his guy out and he kind of yeah. just went down. Well, at the same time, a stick was kind of there too. The like, worst, I can totally the, understand the other calls. It's just the right? Petri call that I do not same like. Th- same thing as the Romanov one on Marner. I know Marner's not the biggest guy, but he went down yeah. real easy. But yeah, the worst one, obviously, was the one. Uh, that was Pitlick, actually. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, Petri. Oh, okay, um, sorry. Uh, Petrie but was I thought in, that was Petrie in, that we went to the box. I think he originally started going to the box, but Pet, like he took the penalty. Anyway, uh, but anyways, he goes tripping for a hip check. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, but that was all right around the end of the game. You know, when you've got a when you've got to um, when you've got to kill a five on three in the final, you know, eight minutes of the game, and and they really didn't um, use that uh, late power play to their advantage very no, well. No, I, I want to talk about that in a minute, but let's talk about that penalty kill because yeah. that five on three penalty kill, I thought for sure the Leafs were going to bury that. They put out their five best skaters and they yeah. couldn't do shit. No, that was a very, that was very good. Um, they had uh, like Edmondson put, come up really big on that, as did Petrie, as did Savard. I thought that, uh, I thought it was very well, very well yeah. orchestrated by the Canadians. And, uh, and Montembeau made two really did. good saves. He did. And where was that this season? <laughs> <laughs> he has it in flashes. He does. He does. Yeah. So that that penalty kill, I mean, that could have been a turning point in the game had they scored later on. Could have been. But either yep. way, I think that provides the team a little bit of confidence moving forward for next year. Yes. Now, on, that pow- on their power play, they had very they had two power plays that game as opposed to the 12 that went against them. Um, <laughs> well, so, it's, it's, it's not the fact that they didn't have power play. It's the fact that when the calls were made, they were already on the, they, they were already on the, they were already on the kill. Yeah. Yeah. So, it even so they had all these abbreviated power plays, right? This last one though, at the end of the game was their only full power play. <clears throat> and they, they entered the zone very well. I, I liked their zone entries. Um, they had a they had a couple of hiccups. Uh, they got the puck in deep, but Toronto outbattled them in the corner. So Muzzin and Brody did amazing jobs to uh, break up the cycle and then throw the uh, the puck down ice. So right there, you lost about a minute. Yeah, but they were able to re-enter the zone under control, which that's something new for the Canadians, and they were able to get a couple of shots. Now, 
unfortunately, uh, Hoffman on the point completely ignored Caulfield, who was sitting wide open. Yeah. And that could have been a much better scoring chance than the one that he thought he had from with a wrist shot from the point. Yeah, their shot selection was uh, was lacking. Sure. And then, you know, the, you get the last, say, 15, 20 seconds. It just seemed that they were, they didn't know what to do. No, they were confused. And that is to Toronto's credit. They were playing a very tight man-on-man at the end of the game, knowing that they had to kill that off. And they put out the right line for it because the Spezza line is extremely efficient at doing that. That being said, <laughs> um, just sneaking past the Montreal Canadiens to tie the season series at two, yeah. I don't think did much to convince too many people that Toronto's ready to take that next step. No, if um, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw the Leafs under the bus. Like they've, no, they've, they've got a lot of good pieces. They've got some good pieces. They've got some. Uh, they've got a team that's built right now for the, the regular, regular season. The regular season, and that's the thing. Right now, if the playoffs were to start, they would be playing Boston in the first round. And I, I'm going to be honest, the way Swayman has been playing uh, in net for Boston, uh, the fact that uh, Bergeron's coming back, he's going to be rested and healthy. Their defense, you know, with if once Lind- Lindholm returns, is dangerous. So, and not to mention Boston has that, that experience and that knowledge that they can compete in the playoffs. I don't think Boston's going to win a cup, but they can definitely win one or two series. Yeah, and... Tampa right now is one is one point back of They're Boston. They're just a machine that team, All right? Lately, they've had, they've went on a little bit of a streak, a losing streak lately. Um, they haven't been playing their best hockey. However, we know that they can really turn it up. They just and, want to uh, make the playoffs. They don't care what seed they are. They're just looking right. to make the playoffs right. at this point. That's right. So they right know now, what, they know what, if, mat- what matters. If the uh, if the playoffs were to start right now, Toronto will be playing Boston. Uh, the Rangers would be playing Pittsburgh. Carolina would be taking on Tampa. And Washington would play Florida, which I think that would be quite the series. Be a good series. Right. Um, but, you know, going back to the Leafs right now, I, I, I don't think – I don't think that they would get – I'm not just being biased. I'm just they're, – they're not built for the playoffs just yet. They're, they're starting to bring in some pieces – and when they eventually get knocked out in the first round, they're going to blame all the pieces that they brought in. They're going to blame their goaltending, and then they're going to blame all their depth. They're not going to blame any of the guys that show up for the regular season and flame out in the playoffs. Like, for instance, Matthews and Marner. So those two need to step up in the playoffs, yeah. especially Matthews. If you're going to be calling him a Hart Trophy winner, yeah. or a Lester B. Pearson, or a fucking Rocket Richard. Like he, he has to show up in the playoffs. Yeah. And honestly, he's, he's not showing me anything to, show, uh, to prove that he's going to be doing that. No. Because he's had far too many instances in the regular season where he's just been outworked, outmuscled. He hasn't put in that second effort. Yeah, so, giving up eh. on plays, et cetera. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And this, you know, they're a little bit better than they were last year because <clears throat> they have a full line. Uh, with Matthews and Marner. They brought in that 40-year-old rookie, Bunting. (laughs) And I want to get into what he did. So Bunting, talented kid. He can put up 20 goals. He is. um, Playing on a line with those two. Uh, But he's got a little bit of an issue that I think if they face off against a team like Boston in the playoffs, it's really going to hurt the team. And that is, he's got a big mouth. He does. He loves to chirp. And that's not a problem. I like those greasy little players that chirp, but he goes out of his way. So the, the game uh, Saturday night against Montreal, uh, Matthew scores the second goal. Yeah. Second goal. Yeah. And instead of going to the left-hand side of the ice to celebrate that goal, and it was a nice goal with his teammates, he instead goes out of his way to go down to the right-hand corner about a hundred feet from the celebration to go right into Weidman's face and say something dumb and smile. 
Then when Weidman says, fuck you, drops his gloves, he turtles. Like that shit does not fly. He's going to no, have a problem. Uh, his reputation is going to take a massive hit. I think his reputation's already taken a hit because we saw him go after uh, Dylan Cousins. Yeah. At the, at the outdoor game after Cousins laid out uh, Austin Matthews with a clean hit after he cross-checked Deline in the face and got a two-game suspension for it. Um, but as you said, he's he's got a mouth and he, you know, the guy can put up some points. Obviously, you look at the team that he's playing for and for the, well, for the players that he's playing with, not even the team that he's playing for. Um, but I think, yeah, it's good. his mouth's going to get him in a lot of trouble. And I think someone's, like gonna, someone's gonna lay him out. And 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 yep. we've seen Wyman's not scared to drop the gloves. He's not the he biggest guy him. in the right. He's not <laughs> the biggest guy in the world. But like you go, you come up to a guy and you start running your mouth and you do the wanna, you do the, you know, you, you go up and you say, oh, you want to go, want to go, want to go. There's people that are gonna want to go, and yeah, and that happened last night. And as you know, it's it's, it's a happy. He's probably happy that the refs and the linesmen were there because if not, Weidman probably would have fed a few to him. Yeah, and it, this is not the first time he's done it either. He did it last week against the Rangers. Yeah. The exact same thing. Yeah. So it's like he's trying to be the next uh, Brad Marchand. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No. Marchand has, he has a style to how he agitates. He's yeah. not... He's not a childish going go to the corner what's, type thing. What's going to happen with... No, with lick Bob. you. What's yeah, what's what's gonna happen with Bunting? He's got one more year left on a really team friendly deal. And then he'll um, be gone for money. And, and then he's gonna be gone for money just like everybody else. And then yeah. they'll say, Where's our depth? Right? So I you know, wait. honestly, I I I'm gonna enjoy watching that team finally sort out their cap issues. We've been saying it for years. it's this team isn't being held back because guys like Matthews and Marner aren't showing up in the playoffs. No. Well, they are a little bit, but it's more the cap issue. Yeah. So until they sort that out, I'm going to enjoy watching them lose. Oh, same here. Now we just have to get through 82 games of them being talked about. And then collated by sports. Yeah, TSN. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> now on the Matthews 50 in 50 bullshit. Yeah. Um, yes. He scored 51 goals over a span of 50 games but 50 yeah. and 50 which is still which is still a still great which is still a good thing like we're i'm not gonna say anything bad and we're not saying anything bad about that but However, i'm not calling that 50 and 50 it's not that 50 is and not. 50 50 and 50 is 50 goals in 50 games in the first 50 games. first 50 games it is not, not people, no yeah it is not cherry pick to say okay you started scoring at game 11, which I don't know what the fuck he scored at, but whatever. Whatever. You know, you started scoring at game 11. And now in a 50-game span, you've scored 50 games. You know, it's still it's still impressive. Yes. To score 50 goals at this level is incredible. To score 30 goals at this level is incredible, let alone 50. Absolutely. Um, but it's and not a 50. fans should 50 be happy to have that, but yeah. it's but not it's But it's not 50 and 50, yeah. So, you know, so, pump, the, pump the tires on that a little bit there, Gary Galley. <sighs> Yeah, my God. Moving on from that, let's. T- I want to talk about the uh, the Canadians' youth in this game. Yep. So we talked about Allen being taken out early. Uh, Montembeau having a, a pretty good game. Uh, he let in a couple of goals, but he had a nine twenty save percentage in this game. Yep. Um, so he he showed up. Now the youth, um, Romanov. He had over twenty five minutes. He led the team in ice time, hits, yep. Yep. blocked shots. Uh, he was, I give him a lot of credit. He blocked a shot off the wrist and it was yeah. a hell of a shot. He yeah. went down pretty hard. And instead of embellishing to get a whistle or a penalty, <laughs> he got his ass up and went to the bench. Yeah. The next shift, he was right out there again because yeah. he didn't need a trainer to come get his ass. Yeah. He was out there and he's playing, but it, you can tell he was hurt because he got this really soft saucer pass from Tyler Pitlick on a breakout and he couldn't handle it with the one hand. So despite that, he was engaged physically. He was causing problems for, uh, for the Maple Leafs because he was able to keep up with their speed. I, I think that that bodes really, really well for him going into next season. Agreed. Um, Suzuki again. Really solid game. 23 minutes ice time. 
Uh, Caulfield, 20 minutes of ice time. Beautiful goal. Like to, to take it from the backhand to the forehand and release like that, unreal. Um, and the Canadians were able to generate a ton of odd man rushes. Toronto likes to press offensively, and when they do, they, they're way too deep, and the Canadians took advantage of that. Now, Toronto's goaltending bailed them out. Very much so. Uh, Caulfield had a very good chance coming out of yeah. the box, and, uh, and so did Anderson. You know, props to them, props to goaltending. Yeah, no, he, he showed up. So if you're a Leafs fan and you're upset at uh, Shulgren, Shulgren. if you're upset at him for any reason after that game, you're an idiot. Like he did his job. Yeah, he let in a couple of goals, but I mean, how many people are going to stop that Caulfield shot? Yeah. So, uh, and I don't know what Marner was complaining about afterwards. Maybe it was, uh, I, I don't know. But more importantly, Caulfield made one play that was just lights out impressive. He didn't get a point on it, but the dive to keep the puck in the zone for that first yes, goal. Yes, yes. And that's just a great offensive instinct right there. He, um, he knew where he was on the ice, and he, that, that directly led to the goal. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a key play. Yeah. Had that gotten out, that, would, that goal never would have happened. No. <clears throat> and, and as Gary, and as Gary Galley said, it should be three, <laughs> should be, should be three, nothing should be three, nothing right now off the stick of Austin Matthews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should have been 10, nothing because Austin Matthews scores 20 goals for every two shots. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, anyway. yeah, talk, but, but talking about the youth and everything, um, I thought I, I didn't think it was Harris's best game. Um, I didn't think he played that poorly. I don't think I mean, he played, I don't think he played awful, but a small sample size, not the greatest game. I mean, he had um, two hits, a blocked shot. Uh, he manned up pretty well in the corners and in front of the net. Well, the difficult thing there was the fact that they lost Weidman for 14 minutes. Yes. Right? Weidman only played just over nine minutes. Um, but you lose even a bottom-pairing defenseman for that long, it fucks with the rest of the shift. So you're not going to just sit Harris the whole time. Um so he went out there a little bit with this guy, a little bit with this guy, a little bit with this guy, and to kind of just um, give other other players a little bit of a break. Um, I, I, I'm really liking what uh, I'm really liking what Suzuki and Caulfield are doing, and we've been talking about them all year. Um, they did not use the fourth line very much. No, um, which is which is kind of something they've been doing lately. Um, but, uh, you know, Pizzetta, yes, he took a penalty, Pitlick <clears throat> took a penalty, but, um, you know. I think the, the fourth line didn't play that much because the fourth line doesn't have the speed to keep up. That's true. That's true. Dauphin's game has really kind of um, went back to the way that it used to be instead of being that uh, second line, <laughs> you know, star center that he was for a while. <laughs> but it's. Uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of come back to reality for him, right? So, But uh, <clears throat> now the Canadians, they really, really need to start working on that defensive coverage. They do. Uh, I know it's Toronto, and I know they have a lot of offensive weapons, and they're very good at pushing the play offensively. But the Canadians lost a lot of man-on-man battles. They're playing this man-on-man defense. Toronto knows it, and they're using that cycle play to create on man areas where they yeah. can have a little bit of a pick, they can move the puck and then they get their shots. So well, you look at the last few games, you look at some of the last few games, the Canadians played and some of the calls that went against them. Maybe the players are just, they're like, we're playing a certain way and they're making these calls. So they, they're not adjusting their, their game to it. No, we've and seen, we, we've, sometimes we, we, the call we saw is some... because they're a little bit behind the play. Yes. But they've got to be better. We know they've got to be better. The team knows they've got to be better. And that's got to be an area that they're going to have to address during the offseason to, uh, to move guys out and make, you know, make the defense great again. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Bring back Markov. <laughs> sure. And that, that kind of brings me to St. Louis. The talk is what if, what if he's not back? What if he's not back? I totally expect him back. I do too. However, his, we brought this up his, on the last show. They've, they can't just sit back and wait. 
no, no, they're, they're going to go out of their way to, uh, you know, make him happy, give him yeah. like a three-year deal, pay him whatever. I don't give a shit. It's not on the cap. But that means that the entire coaching staff is likely to change. I can't see Burroughs remaining. Uh, Litowski, maybe. Uh, Luke Richardson, it's tough to say. Hard to say. But uh, the remainder of the assistant coaches and stuff, I, can, I, I see a complete overhaul. Especially for special teams. Because that power play was ju- oh, it's just not working. Yeah. So I I think that's going to be a big storyline. It's pretty rough to watch. Yeah. I think in the off season here, starting in about a couple weeks, that's going to become a very large storyline. Something we can make and dedicate entire episodes to. Done. Might have to, because we won't have much to talk about for playoffs (laughs) because there are none. That's right. That's right. Uh, Anyway. Maybe uh, we can, maybe we can do something like what Steve Dangle did and we can do, watch a Leafs game with a bunch of Habs fans. <laughs> exactly. No. Exactly. It does not no. work. <laughs> no, no, we're not a national carrier. So oh we're God. not going to cover the Leafs. Oh my God. <laughs> that was awful last year. Watch a Habs game with Steve Dang. Why? Why? See him wear a Habs jersey was nice, but that was a still photo that I saw the next day. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Steve Dangle, like the guy. He's a nice guy, met up a few he times. Is. He is a nice guy. You know, great family man, but Jesus Christ, I don't want to I just don't <laughs> want to watch his stuff. Yeah. We have besides, we have Matt Bedard, yes, Scotian Canadian. Absolutely. If we're gonna pump anyone's tires, it's Matt Bedard's. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Here's Matt, Scotian Canadian. Check him out, YouTube. He's our he's the Montreal Canadians version of Steve Dangle. Minus the minus the yelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that pretty much covers everything. Do you have any uh, final thoughts? Uh, shout out to Habs fifth round pick Joshua Wah, who broke uh, 100 points the other night with Sherbrooke. He's got 40 goals and 60 assists on the season in 55 games. Very, very, very impressive. Very impressive. Uh, I'm and, having a hard uh, time remembering the last time a Montreal Canadiens prospect scored 100 points in the juniors. It's been a while. That they actually drafted? It's been yeah. a while. It's been a yeah. while. Yeah. Not um, traded for. Actually drafted. Right. And right. then scored 100. I'd have to think of that. And um, also Riley Kidney played 57 games, got 87 points, 27 and 60. Um, if his team continues to play, strong we might see another guy um breaking up break 100 points it's, yeah, it's very friend, it's uh, very uh it's very um it's very possible it could happen yeah. our friend marco talked to him so he's got some he's got an interview on uh montreal hockey now um i believe he also spoke to uh grant mccagg of recruits so you can check out a couple of interviews there uh i've got Really nothing. Uh, I got one more. Okay. Uh, shout out to Denver and Brett Stapley, who won a uh, Frozen Four National Championship. And NCAA. Stapley is now ready to sign a contract or yeah. join free agency. It's going to be interesting to see if they sign him. It will be. He, um, he had 43 points, 41 games this year uh, with Denver. Put up a put up a very good season. Um, now it's going to be, what's he going to do? Is he going to sign with a uh, sign with a team or sign with the team, or is he going to uh, is he going to go to free agency? It's tough to say. I mean, signing him would mean another addition to Laval that could be really used. I mean, they've got Luca Condotta and yeah. Emil Heineman uh, who have just joined uh, Laval. You throw him in as well. I mean, depth in Laval is starting to look a lot better. I mean, yeah, they were playing guys on PTOs for forever on the blue line and up front because they were just decimated by injuries. Yeah. So, but they've got a few contract spots open. If they want to bring them in, they can, right? So, yeah, it, it everything depends on who's in their plans because there's not going to be a ton of space. Canadians have so many prospects. They do, because they still have Farrell. They've got um, they've got Jordan Harris. Uh, Jordan Harris, um, Jade Struble. 
as well. Who's likely to go back to school anyway? Who's likely so to go back Ferris to school? Struble are going back to school. So but when you start, when you but you start yeah. when you when you start looking at entry level deals and everything, you need to yeah. look at the overlaps and contracts per year and everything, right? So, um, yeah, I'm really not. I'm still thinking about your your question earlier. The last time they had a a prospect, <laughs> it's been I I can't for the life of me can't remember if they're the last time. I'm sure there has been one. I'm sure. Uh, Corey Locke. Been like 20 some odd years. I think it was Corey Locke. I'm pretty sure. I don't, I honestly don't know. To our listeners, check it out. If I'm yeah, right. Definitely, definitely check it out. If I'm right, um, just uh, just post Blaine was right. And <laughs> if you're in Nova Scotia, you get a free case of beer. Done. Um, all right. So uh, nothing, nothing for me. I don't have any final thoughts. I just want to say again, thank you to everyone who's listening, interacting with us. Um, we've got a ton of really great people that we talk to online, uh, not just Habs fans, but all fan bases. I found a stat. Oh God. I found a stat drafted by the Montreal Canadians in 2005 seventh round 200th overall in the 06 07 season sergey kostitsin 131 points that year with the london knights with the london knights yeah not bad 40 goals 91 assists did they they won the memorial cup that year too didn't they in 06 i don't know that was with Corey perry in that Oh no, that's not Corey Perry. He was drafted in 03. With the um, 06 07 team, that was Patrick Kane's team. That's the yeah, that's it. I'm pretty yeah. sure they won the Memorial Cup that year. I think they did probably. It's a hell of a team. Yeah. Yeah, that's Patrick Kane's team. Yeah. Okay. Meh. And and Sergey Kostitsin continues to play hard in the U the UHSL, wherever the hell that is. In it looks like Ukraine, Ukrainian hockey league, someone. Uh, I don't think they're playing right now. I don't know. The UHSL. I don't even know what that is. His country's government has decided to not play nice with the Ukrainians. Okay, so he is playing in the. Well, I learned something today. The UHSL. Look it up. <laughs> Sixteen points in twenty games. <laughs> Good for him. Right. <clears throat> Um, all right. So on that note, I want to thank everybody for listening, interacting with us. Um, not just because you're a Habs fan. We got, we, we talk and we're friends with people from all the fan bases. Um, cause we're not Sportsnet. Um, <laughs> so again, thank you very much for listening. And remember if you're talking about it, so are we. Be sure to go to habsunfiltered.net to check out all the great giveaways, all the great sponsors, all the promo codes for each sponsor to save you money on amazing products. and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? 
Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>